Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Groves podcast coming at you solo with some musings that have been running through my mind. I've really wanted to pose the question to you to think about as you make your way through the world this week and and ideally for the rest of your life, that you ask yourself, can you hold? Can you hold in the space between what has happened and the way you respond to what has happened? Now, we're going to look at this from a macro version and a micro version, and I'm probably going to go off down a bunch of tangents. Now, there's with certainty that I will go down rabbit holes and then ideally come back to this baseline conversation. Can you hold? And it's not like, can you hold when you call a customer service line? They're like, can you hold? And you're like, fuck you. I don't want to hold. I hate holding. Put on that shitty goddamn music. Can't you put on some good music at least? You know, and then they come on with that person who's like, our agents are all busy right now. They'll be with you in 77 minutes. And you're like, oh my God, how do you even have a business? Anyways, that's how our life changes. Can you hold? Can you not let what is your biological response decide your life for you? Can you choose from your soul, from your highest self, from your better self, from your optimized self, from Whatever you want to call it, I don't give a shit what you call it. If it's spiritual or linear, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that there is a better version of you available to you always, and you get to decide if that version gets to show up in your life or not. Because the truth is, is that if any decisions in your life and behaviors that you operate by and choices that you make do not align with your values and who you want to be, then you're not going to like yourself very much. That's just the truth. That's just a straight truth that if you make choices that do not make you feel good about yourself, then you're not going to like yourself. And that's why self-love is not necessarily this elusive thing that is a destination that you eat. You know, you take a bubble bath, you look in the mirror, you say, hey, you're so worthy of love. Oh, my God, I love me so much. That doesn't mean shit if the next day or the next moment 
you choose a behavior that contradicts that. And that's the level of responsibility that we have to ourselves, that we have to knowledge. As soon as you learn that something is not good for you and you keep choosing it, it is no longer a mistake. It is a choice. And that is the beauty of the human experience that you are free to make mistakes. You are at least find people who give you the space to make mistakes. If you're around people who persecute you every time you make a mistake, then you're never going to be expansive in your life. You're always going to play within the lines and they're going to be their fucking lines, not your lines. They're going to be theirs. They're going to be their rules, not yours. You got to re you got to reorganize the, the the chart of who you hang out with if that's what's happening. And that's just such a normal experience that we don't want to upset the people around us. We don't want to cause too much of a disruption. And we sort of net dance between this space of I'm too much and I'm not enough. And then we make choices and behaviors that don't align with our own values, but they keep us safe and perceivably safe and out of conflict with the people around us. But what is occurring the whole time is we are not in alignment with ourselves. And from a different perspective, that could be just her choices on using drugs, alcohol, you know, not treating ourselves with respect in terms of what sort of sexual uh, experiences we put ourselves in. Are we doing it from a place of love or fear? Is it contributing to who we want to be or not? And that's when you know it's not and you keep choosing it, that is painful. And that's why, you know, you also need to hang out with people who say, I see you keep choosing that shit. Stop it. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting people around you. I was listening to a book by Ram Dass called Experiments in Truth. And he talks about how we go through this experience where we're going about our lives and we live on that plane, which would be the human plane, you know, the plane of biological, that you're, you know, you're in your day-to-day, -day, you go to work, you're a provider or whatever role you take in your life. And then you wake up one day and you realize that you're living a story. You're living someone else's story. You've built this life around what you were taught and your culture taught you, your religion taught you, whatever it is. And then you go, holy shit, I think there's more. You wake up within an interaction with someone and you see that you hurt them. You cheat on someone, you lie, you do something that is not in alignment with who you want to be. And you wake up in that moment and you go, there's more to me than this. This is not the way I want to go about the world. And when you do that, you start to realize that someone else was driving the car all along. Even though, of course, you're making the conscious choices that you're making, they're not necessarily conscious. And that's why you know that you can make choices that aren't good for you because you wouldn't logically make those choices. You can invest in things, buy things, get married, do, do tons of, to people that aren't aligned with you. You can do drugs that doesn't feel aligned with you. You could do tons of things that don't feel aligned with you till you wake up and you go and you just ask yourself, is this who I want to be? I feel like there's more to this. I feel... Like I have a dream that's percolating from me being birthed. I feel like I have passions. I feel like I have love that is wanting to course through my veins. And you wake up and some people will call this an awakening and other people will call this just starting to think about how you think. From a scientific perspective, they call it metacognition. 
where you step outside of the first person and you step into the second and third person. Second person being thinking about how how other people might feel. Third person seeing both of you in the conversation at the same time and observing from above. And this is building the space within yourself. Meditation is a great practice to allow yourself to observe your own thoughts where they don't become your reactivity. And that's, can you hold? Can you hold in the moment of the old version of you who wants to chase unavailability, who wants to stay in the same fighting cycle as a couple? If you fight about the same shit over and over again, it's not about what you're fighting about. I promise you. It's not that the toilet seat's left up again. It's not that they left another wet towel on the bed. You know, sometimes obviously that shit is annoying, but it's not about that. If you're fighting about the same things over and over again, there is an emotional need that's below it that you're trying to use the content to get to. So, for example, if it's about the wet towel, it's not that the wet towel on the bed's the issue. It's that I've told you time and time again that that is, and that, that annoys me and you don't listen. You don't hear me. I feel like I'm not important to you. Or it's that they looked at someone while you're walking down the street and it might have been nothing, but it becomes something because there's a lack of security somewhere else. They had emotional infidelity. They, you don't feel safe. You don't feel chosen. Maybe they don't share about you publicly, but they post about everything else. You know, you got to start following these nudges of curiosity. I hear people say things like all, all the time, like, believe actions over words. And I'm like, no, don't. Whenever actions and words don't align, get curious. That's the biggest thing. But also when your actions and your words don't align, do you call your own ass out? And so you start to think about, and we are very external with this. We think things like, what do I tolerate in my life? What do I settle for? You know, immediately when you wake up as in a story and you ask yourself, how did I get here? Why did I choose these things? Ram Dass talks about it, that you're awakening as a soul within an incarnation. That you're awakening to this space where you're seeing that you're in this, uh, I think as some people call it, this meat bag. And you wake up in it and immediately we want to push against everything. Push against the story, push against the reality. You know, we want to push against the fact that we woke up in this story, but it took all the things we've been through up until that point in our lives to awaken all the karmic stuff. And it doesn't, you know, regardless of your belief system, there's language that can apply for everything. If you're listening to this and you're like, karmic, soul, get, are you high as balls right now? And I'm like, I'm not high as balls right now. I am sober. But you could just think of it as everything that's occurred in your life up until now is an invitation for you to start to ask yourself questions of who you want to be. And so naturally, when we start to ask ourselves these questions, we start to push against the stories of the people around us. And when we start to ask questions about who we want to be and what we want, and we start to hold and be patient, and we start to make different choices, that invites other people around us to awaken to the fact that they can make different choices too. If we go to a more micro version, that's in this dance of conversation and conflict. Same conversation, same conversation, same conversation. 
and you're in it and you're in it and you're in it. Then you listen to this podcast and you hear me go, can you hold? Hey, wake up. Can you hold? And then you're in it and they say, you never do this. And you're like, well, you, and you hold. And you answer, you're right. I can see some truth in what you're saying. There's a great quote from Byron Katie that you can't have war with one person. As soon as one person puts the arms down, there's no war anymore. Just like as soon as you change the way you go about the world, you invite the world to change. When you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you rebel against the stories you were taught, the world rebels. When you build connection and bridges instead of walls, you build a bridge to another. And they experience that bridge. Now remember, every time I talk about this stuff, I am not saying that you must be compassionate at the cost of safety. Compassion is boundaries. Compassion is building a nice little fence around who you are. With a door and a gateway that says, if you show up like this, I have so much love for you. If you don't show up like this, I still have love for you. I just don't have availability for you. But if you meet me in the values of kindness, generosity, respect, you can walk right through that door. And if you don't, then that door is not available to you. And you will experience the magic block button or a swift boundary with a consequence that I mean. Not that I suggest, that I mean. Remember, when you deliver boundaries, always give consequences that you're willing to stand on. Otherwise, your boundaries are just suggestions. So here you are in a meat bag. <laughs> That's the real start of a positive story, right? Making your way through the world, listening to my voice somewhere. And I'm sure as you're doing that, you have some experience in relationship to others that is frustrating or hard or challenging, or maybe you are frustrated because you're not in relationship to other. Because you define your success in your life as being in a romantic relationship. And if you're in one and it's not working well, you probably also define your happiness in whether it works well or not. When the relationship is at peace, you're at peace. But notice that none of our well-being or our peace rests in our relationship to another person. It's not to say that the chaos that exists outside of us doesn't have an influence on our being. It does. This little meat bag of ours, that sounded dirty, this biological expression of ours has nervous systems and all the things. It has a lot of reactivity. It has PTSD when we experience big T, little t trauma. It sets templates. And your internal world is dictated by you. When someone says, I don't choose you, if you take that on as I'm not worthy of being chosen, your internal world will be determined by how you dance for other people. I shared recently a quote that I love from Harriet Lerner. That is, if you are not free to survive without a relationship, you will never be able to be yourself within a relationship. Because the relationship will always require you need it. 
So if you need the relationship to survive, then you will become, you will dance for that relationship. You will mold for that relationship. You'll put on masks for that relationship. This is not to say that we shouldn't need other people, but this is the expansion that is occurring within ourselves and within our relational experiences, which is interdependence, that the relationship itself is a separate entity that must be nurtured, that must be loved, that must be cherished, and you are a separate entity that must be loved and nurtured and cherished. You do not at the cost of yourself, nurture another, which is different than compromise, which is different than saying, that works for me. Yeah, I can miss my workout on Saturday to do that. That's different. But when you forget about yourself and you lose your own identity the moment you enter a relationship, or perhaps you never even had it, then here's your chance to regain it. Here's your chance to find yourself. Here's your chance to choose how you want to show up to the world. And so you wake up and you realize that you're a soul. And you don't need to push away from everything because that's the first rebellion is like, fuck all of this, which is what I felt when I first started to ask, like, how the hell did I get here? God damn it. I was like, oh my God, I avoided every hard conversation in my life. I let the world tell me how to live. I let my religion tell me how to live. I let the opinion of others affect my choices. When their opinion means shit. Like, I don't think you should do that. Have you thought about, oh, you can't make money doing that. Oh, you know, that's not a smart degree. How could you do that? Opinions, opinions, opinions. We can drown under that shit. Or you can rise like a goddamn phoenix. And you can start to express yourself. And you can reclaim yourself. People can only stand on you if you're laying down. Stand up. To continue that thought, where Ram Das expresses that when you are born into this world, you are within the mo- your mother's womb. And you have not experienced separateness yet. But when you are born, you are now separate from your mother. You become separate. And so we go from being everything to being something. And then the teaching that we are all something special. And we fight so much, though, for individuality, right? For our specialness that we fight against other people's specialness. We don't feel like ours is recognized, so we fight against someone else getting any credit for theirs. And when we do that, we can't actually be open to the space of the other person, the specialness of them. And that's an interesting paradox to be in, right? To, to think that I want to be connected to be other people, and yet I want people to see who I am. And then you experience love, and you experience what it means to be connected back to something greater. You know, this, this experience of relationship, this experience of seeing and sharing with someone's heart. What is so hard to put your finger on, you know? And why some connections are so magical and just soul-pulling. And others, you're like, no, not for me. He reads this poem from Rumi in that talk. The minute I heard my first love story, I started looking for you. 
not knowing how blind that was. Lovers don't finally meet somewhere. They're in each other all along. I thought to myself, what a beautiful articulation that when we hear a love story, we go looking for it. We fight to make a story that is maybe not necessarily ours, that we can feel the soul pull us, the nudges, but we are, we're this biological experience that knows that survival is important and safety is important and, and just being in a relationship is often what we've been taught to want. So we'll do that at the cost of so many things. And you know, to wake up to this feeling, this intuitive pull that says, hey, is to wake up to the lover with inside, you know, that lives inside you. You know, we kind of get to this point, and I feel like I'm getting to this point in my experience, that when my relationship ended, there was so much love there. So much love that I could only choose grace. That previously, you know, when I was in like high school and university, when I went through breakups, I just couldn't talk to the person. I would want to hurt them, but not maliciously. Just for them to feel some semblance of the pain I was experiencing by, you know, not talking to them anymore, being unavailable, but never actually sharing with them my experience from a place of love, how their behavior affected me because I was so afraid of conflict and I didn't know how to express anger. I was so afraid of it because I, you know, grew up being taught that men are dangerous and men are bad. And so I was so afraid of that side of me, that anger could be healthy, that it could be clean, that it could be expressed in a loving way. I didn't know. And you know, when we hold back that gift of telling someone how they're experienced by the world, we hold back the opportunity for them to grow. And we grow as we do that sharing. But in this experience with Kylie, I, I just there's so much love there that I, I could only find love. I could only choose to be the best version of me. I could only choose grace. I could only sit in that space of just deep reverence, just deep soul-knowing that we have been such an intricate part in each other's path, which is true of every lover we have, every partnership we take on. You know, but we often do it like the beginning of Rumi's first, the part of the story. The minute I heard my first love story, I started looking for you, not knowing how blind that was. That's how I went about relationships, till I didn't. And I would say that's even how I met Kylie you know, but such a soul divine union to wake each other up to such deeper levels, to see that when you are hurting, we want to say, fuck love, fuck relationships, fuck this, fuck that. I'm done. You know, I'm never going to be in a relationship again. But to deny yourself the gift of the beloved, the gift of love is you know, the pain that causes us to close down and not believe in love again is the very evidence that love exists. It's the very evidence that it's real. It's just that we need to learn 
behaviors and choices that help curate how we love and help align with our own values and not tolerate bullshit. Because when we're looking for love blindly, that's when we enter into relationship with people who are wound mates, not quote unquote soul mates, which I don't believe in the one. I believe any union that you have, it will invite change in you, even if it means leaving that union. Sometimes that's the lesson that someone teaches us is no more. I love myself too much to be asleep. I love myself too much to tolerate any more bullshit from myself, from them. I love myself too much to let myself and my story go and not take the wheel and not decide and not choose who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? And of course, then we say, well, if I change my behavior, what about them? Well, if I enter in this, you know, I got into this argument, we were in a conflict and I changed how I was speaking it and they just up-leveled it. And then I just let it go. Fuck that. That's not it. Of course, if you're unsafe, you must. If you're in physical, emotional harm, you must, must seek help and get out of there. Regular, regular, you know, day-to-day conflicts that we experience at work and in romantic love, there's an opportunity for us to learn how to build beautiful communication, to learn how to really, really step up and stop making it about how they respond to how you show up. You know, if all of a sudden you change and you say, you know, they say something to you, something critical, which could just be feedback, but you're hypersensitive to anything that might affect your own worth. So they say something like, hey, when we were at that party and we met that person and you didn't introduce me, and let's say it's a gender that, or type of person that you would enter into a relationship with, and maybe there's some sensitivity around these things in your relationship, and they say, you didn't introduce me, and that, you know, that really hurt. You say, well, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Or like, why do you always make such big deals out of things, right? That's that's such a normal answer when we haven't dealt with what is below. And imagine if the response was, I'm really sorry. I hear you. I'll do a better job next time. I promise. How could I have done that better? And you just listen. Imagine the difference your life will take, your relationship, the path it will take. And when we don't get the response that we hope for, we think that, well, then that behavior is out the window. I guess I'm not doing that again. But the victory is not in the outcome. It's in the process. It's in who you become along the way. The juice is in the journey. It's in how you change how you are being. And that space of like, can you hold? I'm really, the reason that was so resonant for me as a subject to talk about this week is because I feel like I'm in the space of there is the death and ending of a relationship and there is the birth of me. And, you know, what I've really learned from this is that I can't lose love anymore because I am it. I the way I show up to the world is it. If I have room for growth and opportunity, which I always do, am I taking that on? If I am, then I continue to be love. I continue. If someone comes or goes out of my life, yes, on a human level, that will hurt. 
But I know that I'll be okay. Because my well-being does not sit in someone else's choice of me. It sits in my choice of me. And Ram Dass quotes um, Christ in this where he says that, be in this world but not of this world. Be human. Allow yourself the space to be human. To have responses that are not your best self. To have made mistakes up until this moment that you hear this. But to rise to decide that you want to be the best version of you, to act only when it is from a space of love, to be in this world but not of this world, to align with your soul. That's what the second part means, to be in this world but not of it, to live your incarnation, whatever that means for you, but to do it from the place of your highest level of knowledge, your highest self, your highest being, And then you'll see that you will begin to get the results that you seek. And remember, not that you seek like, oh, well, then I'll get a relationship and everything will be great. You know, I think about this with uh, my relationship. Before I entered it, I made this declaration that I'm ready. I'm ready for divine partnership. I'm ready to show up fully. I'm ready to fucking build an empire of a family. I'm ready. Well, everything that is in the way must leave. Everything that's not serving me must be healed. And I can tell you one thing that I did not see that I have only more recently begun to realize is that when I asked or ask a partner to choose me, if the response of them not choosing me is me losing my shit, losing myself, if it is me not being able to hold it together on my own because they didn't choose me, then their choice of me is never free. Because my feelings, the responsibility of my feelings comes with it. But if I can sit and face them and say, choose, choose this relationship or not, I will love you always. You know, I think about that now. Of like, then it's free. Then you're free come or go. Which, isn't that such a different perspective to take relationally? Like when you go on a date and you're a couple souls hanging out and you go on a date and you just go, hey, we're a couple people who are growth focused. We both see the world this way. We're both interested in whatever it is we're interested in. We're interested in building relational awareness together, navigating each other's humanness together, but really being committed to love, to healing, to space of safety for both of us, to expansion, to each each person's individuality, to honor each other's dreams separately, and then dreams that are together, those two separate entities that create another entity together. We're both doing this, or we're not. And we're able to do it from that place. And if you can start to take that perspective in life, then when someone says something to you like, I got to go, I got to leave, I can't be in this anymore. Your human response, of course, is going to be, what the fuck? You made a promise, you made a commitment, you did that thing. But if you've ever had to leave anything, and you've ever had to hold space for the the birth of your truth, the the waking up of a soul in an incarnation, that awakening, 
or just that, holy shit, how did I get here? Then when someone else wakes up within the experience with you, you will just look at them and say, I'm here for you. I hear you. You go. And you get to decide if you wait or you don't, what self-abandonment, what isn't. You are now responsible for your choice in their choice. I know that this is a whole different place to get to. And it's not easy. And, you know, taking this place, this space of self-awareness and deciding how you want to show up to the world and taking responsibility for who you are and what you want and what you want to create with your life, that shit's not easy. It's not easy. But it's fucking worth it. It's worth every time that you go to choose an old behavior, you choose a new one. How you feel after that is that you fucking love yourself. You fucking love yourself. Every time you go to, I don't know, do that shot of tequila that's not aligned or, you know, get involved in intimacy that's not aligned or allow behaviors that's not aligned. When you change that, God damn, you leave that experience and you go, holy shit, I can do this. I got this. And that requires allowing the death of the comfort of the old versions of you, even if it wasn't healthy, it didn't feel good. There's still certainty there. And those parts of you have to die. The parts of you that are just in survival mode, the parts of you, like this is the chance. And relationship offers you that chance. It's the greatest training ground to say, here's a chance. Who do you want to be? Here's a chance. How do you want to be remembered? Here's a chance. What do you want to create with your life? There's no greater gift. And I know you can do it. I know you can. Because if you're listening to this, you're open to it. If you're listening to this, even if you're like, that guy says some Cracker Jack shit. I'm like, fucking rights I do. Now make a good choice. Make a choice that's expensive. Make a choice that's scary. Make a choice that's re- that reclaims you. Heal yourself, heal the world. Let's do this. Much love. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love.